church that I go to is, is the river. I go there to wash everything away. I wish you were there drinking rum, crying your little eyes out. <laughs> this fly that my Uncle Jimmy and my grandpa perfected, they found it. They found the materials to tie it in the back of a taxi down in Andros. They just tell you to bring gotchas. Don't bring anything else. When I was out there on the water with people, I was, I can feel the energy of Definitely. other people, and I care about it. I think that's one of the most crucial parts of fly fishing that often gets overlooked. You know, we're jet lagged, we're lack of sleep, we're half drunk, holding on to your nuts with one hand, you're holding on to the boat with the other hand. Shitting and tall cotton, dude. Man, this is what's going on in the world right now. You know, you're on a boat fishing down a beautiful river. Be deliberate with everything that you do yeah. with fly fishing. Yeah. Well, what do you do on your days off? I'm like, I'm on this boat. I'm rowing people down the river trying to figure out what's fishing. But I love it. I wouldn't change it for anything. I wouldn't trade it, man. That's awesome. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Guided Trip Fly Fishing Podcast. Talk about just the valley a little bit here in Gunnison. I know this is localized, but we'll just talk about Colorado for just a moment and Gunnison Valley. Um, right now, just looking it up uh, online, sitting at an 82% snowpack, which isn't great. That's far below average, and we need a fair amount of snow to come up from that. So everybody out there, do your snow dance. If you're coming to Colorado, make sure, you know, we, we need as much snow as we can get right now. It could bring a terrible fishing season, low water, fire season, all kinds of things. So um, do your snow dance out there. Let's see if we can get some more snow around here. Hopefully in the next week or so, it looks like there's some snow in the forecast. So that'd be good. Um, but we need we need a good, healthy dumping of snow here. As for what that's going to do for the water, I've discussed that, I believe, in my previous podcasts. And again, this is going to be kind of a theme for the year on the podcast is the low water. But right now, Gunnison is still pretty iced up. I'm actually going to go walk it uh, in the next few days and go check it out and see what it's looking like. Um, just see if there's any openings. And hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll start to see some of that ice break up and, you know, it's going to be fishable here soon. Um, usually March and April are great times to be out here fishing. So, uh, I'm gonna go check it out, see what's out there. And, um, obviously I'll, I'll try and let you guys know what we're looking like. But, um, today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about a gadget. Um, and this will come into play, um, to, towards our low water season, towards the end of this podcast. But, um, we're going to be talking about a thermometer and a thermometer is a gadget that not a lot, whole lot of people carry. And rarely do you see guides carry thermometers, which can be disturbing at times. And, you know, we've gotten better at it. Um, I myself only got a thermometer a couple of years ago. It took me a while to kind of understand why I needed a thermometer and understand that it was it's a pretty essential tool at, for a guide or for somebody who is um, even just an avid fisherman or a weekend fisherman just to figure out some things with the thermometer. So let's talk about... Uh, some main reasons why we might carry a thermometer again as a guide or as a fisherman any, any of us um, mainly catch and release fishermen you know more worried about the thermometers but let's talk about why the main reasons that I have jotted down for why we would carry a thermometer with us so it's kind of hard to put these in a certain order whether you know what 
how they're ranked. And so right now it's just, it's completely random. Um, I'll kind of talk about how I like to rank them, but I, when I go over these, they're completely random. But I have only three main reasons why I would carry a thermometer on the river. And first one is bug hatches. And, you know, I don't use it as much for that, and I need to start. And so this is a good podcast to kind of remind me and, you know, start going through that and get, get used to using the thermometer to understand the temperature of the water and when certain bugs are hatching. And that's a tough thing to do because when there is a prolific hatch or things are going on, it, your first thought isn't, uh, I need to check my thermometer and see what the water temperature is that, you know, that's not what's going through your brain. Most of the time you're going, Oh my God, I need to get my dry fly rod out. I need to figure out what flies I need to fish and where they're eating and what they're eating on. Um, so that's a big one for me that I need to work on. Um, and I'm going to discuss all these, but, uh, so bug hatches and then, you know, spawning season and what temperature that these trout need to start spawning. Um, each, you know, I guess mainly in the Gunnison and a lot of rivers around Colorado and the Western United States, you know, most just have brown and rainbow trout. We'll just talk about those to start, but to understand what temperature, water temperature it takes for a trout to spawn is something that could help you out with your fishing and also with just your ethics. So that's a big one for me as well. Um, and then understanding when not to fish, um, We'll talk, we'll go into depth on this a little bit. Um, I'll go into depth on all these subjects, but knowing when not to fish, you know, if water temperatures are too high, um, then we need to understand as catch and release fishermen and as stewards and as conservationists, you know, when not to be out there fishing. So we're going to discuss all those um, and we'll start with the bug hatches. So I'm sure every fly fisherman knows that there's certain hatches that happen throughout the entire year. Um, almost every year, these hatches occur. Some are more prolific than others. Some are minuscule. Uh, some we don't think about too much, but each hatch of the year needs a certain water temp before these bugs can hatch. Um, the thermometer can help when determining when a hatch might occur. So we're going to start at the beginning of the year, um, and it, it you know tapers off the same way towards the end of the year. But We'll start at the beginning of the year, um, and we'll start with the midges, which are, it's a year-round hatch. This hatch happens year-round. Any time of the day, any time of the season, midges can be on the water, and that's what's tough. Um, but usually midges hatch from around 32 to 42 degrees. It's a pretty broad spectrum. Um, you know, as long as that water is barely above freezing, then there can be midges on the water. Um, most significant hatch is going to be at the higher end of the spectrum for these bugs. Um, and so we see a lot of midges year round. You know, you can always catch a fish on a midge year round. You know, you can throw a zebra midge and you'll catch a fish. Um, it's just the way it is. So midges are kind of the start to it. And again, it's a, it's a broad spectrum, you know, 32 to 42 degrees. And again, most significant is going to be towards the higher end of the spectrum. And as I go through all these different hatches, there are charts online that you can download, you can print or whatever to, um, I'm sure there's apps now as well. I haven't even looked into it, but I'm sure there's apps that'll tell you, you know, Hey, this is what the water temperature is. This is when bugs are going to hatch. So starting with midges, um, 32 to 42 degrees, excuse me. Um, 
is going to be when these midges are going to hatch. Again, this is a year-round hatch. So this thermometer is going to help you to understand these hatches. Um, a BWO, this hatch is going to, oh, for those who don't know, BWO is blue-winged olive. Um, there's a lot of abbreviations in the fly fishing industry. So BWO, blue-winged olive. Um, usually this hatch occurs in the spring and in the fall with water temps around 46 to 56 um, range, you know, and again, that's a wide spectrum. So it's, it's tough to really narrow down exactly where that these bugs are going to hatch the exact water temp. And this is for, I would say for the most of the Western United States, this is going to be around, um, around that range. And so we're just talking about, you know, what you can use the thermometer for as a gadget while fly fishing. Again, we can go into further depth or you can go into further depth looking online as to when and around that area. I'm sure there's tons of fly shops who talk about this or have blogs about it. And so I'm just kind of putting it in a broad spectrum, but 46 to 56 range, you know, these BWOs are going to hatch. Um, Caddis is a spring and fall hatch usually. You know, sometimes here on the Gunnison, we get the caddis coming all the way into early summer and then also as well in fall. Um, water temps around 46 to 56. Um, I know that's, again, broad. Just bear with me. But around 46 to 56 range is when we're going to see a lot of these caddis start coming off. And we're going to have a podcast coming out or I'm going to have a podcast coming out shortly after this one about a caddis hatch. Um, so just be ready for that and keep looking out for that podcast about the caddis hatch. But 46 to 56 range, uh, or sorry, uh, I was looking at something else. Um, around 56 range. I apologize. That's my bad. I completely <laughs> messed that one up. Um, around the 56 range water temp is we're going to see caddis and that can fluctuate up and down, you know, depending on what river you're on. And so using that thermometer, just kind of check ranges and seeing how the water temp rises and falls throughout the day and throughout the week, throughout the month will help a lot with determining these hatches. And I'm just kind of going over the basics right now. We're not going to get too crazy um, with Terranarsis and with stoneflies and golden stones and blah, blah, blah. We're just going over some of the basics here and some of the basics that happen here on the Gunnison. So apologize for earlier. Uh, caddis, spring and fall hatch, around 56 degrees can vary up and down, you know, obviously. Um, here on the Gunnison and not every area in the western United States, um, but here on the Gunnison, you know, for the green drake to hatch, um, we need about 58 degrees, and I would say that varies again, you know, up and down. But this hatch can occur throughout times of the day. And so it's a good idea to use that thermometer and check times of the day when you start seeing green drakes hatching, when you start seeing green drakes flying. Check temperature of the water, see what's happening during that period of time, see what temp that water is when it's most prolific, and then you're going to be able to really dial it in. Um, it's, it's hard for me to say exactly, you know, I can just say of what I've experienced, what I've seen. And again, I need to, you know, use my thermometer more and really get out there and, and really dial it in a little bit more for that water temp and, 
and when I see those prolific hatches, I need to be be on top of it and check water temp and and know for this valley. So th- again, this is a big learner for me, and it's good to go over this stuff. Um, but green drakes can occur. Um, I'll just go into it briefly, but green drakes can occur at lots of different times throughout the Western United States. Um, and especially, you know, Colorado, every river is a little bit different in how they fluctuate in times. And usually here on the Gunnison, it's around noon. Um, I've, I've seen and read about different places where it can occur at five to 6 PM and then carry on throughout the night. So it, it can really differ. Um, but green drakes around that 50 degree mark is when we're going to start seeing those bugs coming off. PMDs, 60 degrees, we can start seeing PMDs hatching. And I'd say that varies a lot too with these PMDs and different types. Um, because I've seen PMDs hatch with caddis, I've seen PMDs hatch with green drakes as well. And so that'll vary quite a bit, but um, just kind of what I looked up because I don't have an exact um, temperature for PMDs. What I looked up and what I saw and lots of different sites, you know, was around that range. So I'm not saying that I know this for sure that it's 60 degrees. I'm just saying I went to a lot of different sites and I was seeing around that range. So don't quote me on that, that it's definitely going to be 60 degrees when you start to see PMDs. It can definitely vary. Um, I've, again, I've seen PMDs hatch with lots of different bugs, so it can definitely vary up and down for temperature. I'm sure I'll get some comments or I'll get some people saying, you know, oh, over here it's, you know, this temp and this hatches. And and that's completely understandable. I get that. I'm being pretty liberal with these and um, with these temps. So bear with me a little bit. I'm just trying to give you the point of why to carry a thermometer. Um, The thermometer can be great for figuring out certain things and understanding when certain bugs are going to start to hatch. You can watch that water temp and test it, you know, morning, afternoon, evening, and see how it progresses and drops and falls throughout the day. Um, Or sorry, drops and falls and rises. I can't speak right now. Falls and rises throughout the day. So a thermometer is a great thing to have when thinking about bug hatches and when those hatches are going to occur. Obviously, there's times of years when certain hatches are going to occur, but this is a great opportunity for you to understand exactly when that might happen. You can even dial it down to certain days um, when that hatch is going to start, or you can dial it down to even certain hours when that hatch is going to happen. So a thermometer is a great thing to have when thinking about hatches. And if you are that dry fly fisherman and you're waiting for that certain hatch, you're waiting for BWOs to start coming off, a, a thermometer is a great gadget to have, and it's it's very underutilized. So think about it that way. That's that's one of the big reasons, obviously, that fishermen, fly fishermen, and catch and release fishermen get a thermometer to use is is to understand these hatches. So keep that in your head. Um, again, one of the biggest reasons that most people, I would say, are going to get a thermometer. All right. So one of the next reasons I would think about a thermometer, again, no certain order right now. First one is probably the main reasons you, you would get one. Um, but I put this up there. You know, this is this is a good reason to have a thermometer as well. But uh, I would think about it spawning season. We talked about this in the beginning, uh, the spawning season. Knowing when trout are going to spawn, brown and rainbow trout spawn. 
Rainbow trout are going to spawn in the spring. Brown trout are going to spawn in the fall. So understanding those temperatures can really help and, and up your game and can, again, with ethics, can help you too. So rainbow trout is going to be a range from 43 to 45 degrees. Again, kind of on that higher spectrum, closer to that 45 degrees. But this can help you to establish, okay, ethically, I need to stay away from reds. You know, rainbow trout are spawning. I need to understand where those reds are and start looking out for those reds. So around that temperature is when we need to start looking out and and finding those reds and making sure we're staying off of those reds so these fish can spawn. A brown trout is going to be around the 46 to 48 range, even though brown trout spawn in the fall. So as that water drops after the summer into the fall, is when those brown trout are going to start spawning. And so not only ethically can this help you, but this can help your game fishing-wise by having this thermometer and checking temps around the right seasons and understanding when these fish are going to spawn. So you can start upping your game and understanding fish behavior and what those fish are doing at these times. Um, Obviously, I'm not condoning people fishing reds or getting on top of reds and trying to pull these fish off of reds. But this is a good time of year also to fish eggs or fish streamers where these fish are going to be a little bit more aggressive, especially the brown trout in the fall. These fish are very aggressive to streamers because they are spawning and they are trying to get as much protein, as much meal as they can. So streamers in the fall to browns can be great. Eggs can be great as well. Again, not condoning fishing reds, um, not condoning fishing two spawning fish, but egg patterns are great during the spring and fall depending on the time of year, depending on water temps. That's why we got that thermometer and we can start understanding when these fish are going to start to get into their spawn or pre-spawn and we can start picking those fish off for um, either browns behind rainbows spawning or rainbows behind browns or vice versa. It, it goes both ways and we can even catch, um, you know, you'll catch rainbows off reds on egg patterns as well. Um, and so, don't focus on the reds focus on just that kind of idea that these fish are starting to spawn and that these fish are getting active they're hungry they need those that protein they need those meal that meal um so that's a great opportunity to use that thermometer and break out that thermometer and understand okay it's spring these rainbow trout are starting to spawn we can now start fishing egg patterns this is when the egg egg pattern is going to pick up um And I'm not going to get into what type of egg patterns anyone uses. I'm just talking, hey, this is what we can figure out with the thermometer. So we'll go over that one more time here. Rainbow trout spawn in the spring around 43 to 45 degrees, usually on that higher end towards 45. It can vary, again, depending on where you go. Brown trout spawn in the fall around 46 to 48 degrees. Um, again, it can vary. So use that thermometer accordingly for time of season for this opportunity to maybe catch some larger fish. All right. So let's talk about the main reason I would say to carry a thermometer. Obviously hatches is a great reason to carry a thermometer, but this is the reason I started carrying a thermometer. In 2018, I believe, uh, we here in Gunnison County had a very low water year, way below average, and 
it started to worry a lot of us guides about water temps. And so I started carrying a thermometer to understand the water temps for fish survival rate and when I was stressing the fish out too much. And so when water temps start to rise late in the summer, temps can rise to a point where trout will get so stressed and they'll actually quit feeding altogether. At this point, as catch and release fishermen, anglers, we should know not to fish and we should be calling it a day at that point. So during this low water year, I made it a point for myself to check temperatures more often and check when temperatures started to rise at about what time did temps start to rise. And obviously it's usually midday and just barely after midday, usually around that 2 p.m. mark, those temps start to rise to a point where the fish are stressed. And this is when I really got into working with the the thermometer and I would place it in the water often and just make sure, you know, I was on the right side of everything and I was doing things ethically as a catch and release angler. So those temperatures, people have it in their head what certain temperatures it is. A lot of, a lot of people think, all right, 70 degrees, we're done. Um, and that, that's very high. 70 degrees is, is a high mark. And the reason why we say 70 degrees is because anywhere between 65 to 68 degrees is when brown and rainbow trout start to decrease their feeding and they become significantly stressed. So I would say, I'm sure lots of professionals would agree with me, that any temperature above 68 degrees and closer to 70, like I mentioned earlier, trout survival is at a threat usually around that 67 degree mark, you know, I'll cut it in the middle between 65 and 68, that 67 degree mark, I'll start, I'll stop fishing and call it a day. Uh, I did that on a lot of guide trips that year in 2018 where I would stop, you know, we'd check temperatures, you know, I, I've tried to plan it right, you know, where we put on early, take off early, and I, but I would check temperatures throughout the day and just make sure, you know, and most of the time when we get close to the takeout, I would check temperatures and any time that temperature was above or 67 and above, I'd usually call it a day. And maybe we had a quarter mile of fishing left before we take out, um, at least floating wise and, and walking too, you know, we'd, we'd check throughout the day. And most of the time we only did half day trips during that time period, at least I tried to. And I tried to make it a point to the clients like, hey, look, these are the colleagues. You know, I work with these fish every day. I need to keep them healthy. I need to keep them safe. So once we hit a certain point, I call it a day. Hey, we're done. So around that 67 degree mark is when I really call it a day. And at 70 degrees, again, like I said, trout survival is at a threat. Anything above that, I think... I mean, as you get up closer towards like the 74, 75 degree mark is when trout actually start to die and it's, it's a huge threat. And so we need to keep that in mind and that's why this thermometer could come in and now we plug in low water year. We're coming up on another low water year. It doesn't look as low as 2018, but it's going to be another low water year. So we need to think about this and we need to understand 
how we how this can affect our fisheries if we keep doing this. And so in certain places, they actually employ rules where you can't fish at certain times. And I'll get into that here in a minute, but um, low water years is mainly why I got a thermometer. And again, I need to get better at the thermometer, but this is the main reason I got one. So this is the biggest issue for me and the biggest reason for me to carry one on my boat and on my person if I'm walk waiting is to check temperatures. If I know it's a low water year and I know that fish can be stressed, then I'm always going to have that thermometer with me and I'm always going to make sure. And I hope clients understand that at certain times. If they don't, then, you know, screw them. We don't, you know, it's like, look, we're not going to do this. I'll call, I'll call a trip and I have before where it's like, look, we're not fishing anymore. Water temps are at 67. We're done. And that's it. Sorry. You know, I told you on the phone, this is how it's going to be. We start early. We get off early. I apologize, but this is the way it's got to be. And we got to protect this fishery and we got to be conservationists and we got to be stewards. I work with these fish all the time. So that was one of the biggest reasons for me to get this thermometer. But going back, talking about how other states do this where they actually implement rules, it's called hoot owl restrictions. And hoot owl restrictions is basically no fishing from 2 p.m., to midnight and so you can still flow you can still be on the river but there's no fishing for those hours i think montana is one of the biggest advocates for the hoot owl restrictions and even last year in august of 2020 they implemented hoot owl restrictions and again that's no fishing from 2 p.m to midnight and i think it helps a lot and Again, it's the biggest reason why I started carrying a thermometer was to make sure that I was I was being ethical to the fish. And I started checking more and I started checking creeks and all kinds of stuff just to make sure that things were right. And I wasn't on the wrong side here. And I wanted to be ethical and I wanted to do my part. And so, you know, in 2018, that was one of our lowest water years within a or I think in over a decade, that was one of our lowest water years. And luckily, we're not on that track this year. We're, we're just above that. But we're, we're going to have to start thinking about this as we come into this fishing season of 2021 in the western United States. And I'm sure that lots, you know, I'm sure Montana is going to have a hoot owl restriction at some point. Here in Gunnison County and in Colorado, we didn't necessarily have it implemented as a law as a hoot owl restriction but a lot of us guides were trying to implement our own hoot owl law hey this is what we're telling clients this is we're you know no fishing after 2 p.m we're going to start early we're going to get off early as well um and so we tried to do that as much as i can our not to knock colorado parks and wildlife as much as i'd like to but they didn't necessarily have a law in place it was more a suggestion hey, we suggest you don't fish after this time. We're not going to say no because obviously, you know, Parks and Wildlife needs to get their money as well. Um, Again, not to knock Parks and Wildlife, but got to bring that up, that it wasn't a law here. It wasn't necessarily implemented. It was more of a suggestion. Hey, don't do this. 
And you saw a lot of people later in the day who were fishing and were killing a lot of trout. And, it, and not to say that they didn't know what they were doing or whatever. It might just be that these people were uneducated um, in the fact of this, you know, that these fish are stressed. We're catching them. We're going to be killing them because it's so hot out. And so I urge that people to educate themselves on this aspect of what's going on around us. You know, we have, we're going to have multiple low water years where it's going to keep happening. It might get worse. And so this is a huge proponent for the thermometer, carry a thermometer, check water conditions, um, and check water temps, you know, make sure that it's right and make sure you're, what you're doing is right. Because for people who live on it, like myself, who need these fish in the river and need them there and want them there, if we don't do this, if we don't make sure that we are conserving these fisheries, then my occupation is toast. I'm out. Um, and so that was a huge aspect for me to get the thermometer. I mean, it was it was big. I, I, I ordered one immediately once I heard about Hoot Owl, and I didn't know much about it. I won't lie. Like, I didn't know much about Hoot Owl restrictions. I'd never carried a thermometer. I never even thought about carrying a thermometer until we had that low water year. And that was the biggest reason I got the thermometer. And I know that year, 2018, Fish Pond was the... I'm sure most people have heard of Fish Pond if you're into fly fishing. Fish Pond was a huge proponent of thermometers and hoot owl restrictions and keeping them safe and letting them rest. And it, it sold me. You know, they had a great advertising campaign about hoot owl restrictions and bought the T-shirt, bought the thermometer. You know, I've, I've been there, done that, and now I use that thermometer daily, I would say. And I check temps a lot and... You know, even last year, um, I believe it was last year on the gunny, I, I checked some temps. Maybe it was two years ago. Sorry, I'm blanking here. But checked some temps on a creek coming into the Gunnison River. And we kind of pulled up the creek and I checked the temps. And the temps running into the river were close to 74 degrees. And that was very disappointing and we're always curious why, once we hit this creek, why the fishing decreased so much for the next mile or two miles. And now I know that that water temperature coming in was so hot that these fish couldn't survive or they weren't feeding. And they had to acclimate. And so it took that one to two miles for that water to mix in with our freestone and create better water temperatures where these fish are going to start feeding again. And, you know, throughout the season, the fishing continued to get worse on that section of river. And if it weren't for me to check temperatures, I wouldn't know why. And there's a lot of other factors, but that w I would say that is a huge factor, that these water temps were so high coming into the main channel that fishing just shut down. And so that provides me you know, some perspective on why fishing is tough at certain times or fishing is tough at certain times of the day. And, you know, we checked water temp as we went down the river as well, and it progressively got better. But it was still, you know, at that point where that creek comes in, it was still pretty tough. And again, it took about one to two miles for 
that actually to pick up and get to good water temps for these fish to survive and, and keep feeding. So that's a, it's a great reason to own one and just understanding your fishery and understanding what's going on around you because I don't think it's going to get better. I think we're going to keep seeing these high water temps. So thermometer is a great gadget to have. And we're going to keep going over gadget stuff here and there. I've, I've got some ideas on different gadgets and different things that I use and I own that are going to help for your fishing and, and make your life a little bit easier while you're on the water. So I appreciate everyone listening and checking it out. Um, like I said, I'm going to tre- keep trying to put out episodes about everything I can and keep pumping them out. But, uh, you can find me on Instagram at the guided trip. I don't get on there often. I try to post, but I don't look at comments. I try not to get on there, but at the guided trip on Instagram, you can email me the guided trip at gmail.com. That's the guided trip at gmail.com. Pretty easy. And you can go on www.theguidedtrip.com and check out my website. Worked pretty hard on my website, and I I hope people appreciate it. And there's tons of posts, tons of blog posts, uh, pictures, all kinds of stuff. And just kind of tells you what's happening around the valley here. So check it out. Appreciate everybody listening. And, uh, yeah, this has been another episode of the Guided Trip Fly Fishing Podcast.